Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Housing Matters, the Vancouver Real Estate Show. I'm your host, Stuart McNish, coming to you from the studios at Old Boy Productions in Vancouver. Today, we're going to look east from Vancouver. We're going to look out into the Fraser Valley, a complex and fascinating market. I have three guests. The first is a fellow by the name of Don Campbell, who heads up an organization called Real Estate Investment Network. And they look at a wide range of issues that affect different markets, specific markets. And so it's pretty particular research. Supporting what Don is saying about growth and activity in the Fraser Valley, we have Mayor Pam Alexis of the City of Mission, and even Mission, and, I, and I'm careful about how I coach that, about saying that even Mission, uh, Mission is experiencing the same kind of growth pressures as the rest of the region, which it didn't before because it was outside of the major transportation corridors. But now, with pressure on the region, Mission is feeling, feeling those same um, uh, pressures as the rest of uh, Vancouver, Surrey, Burnaby, and so on. Not to the same extent, but but they're coming. And to back up that claim, we have a realtor by the name of Clayton Dybert, who is a realtor who was working in the Cologne area, which we all know was a pretty active area, left there to return to his hometown because he says, no, uh, things are starting to move in Mission. So it'll be an interesting look at what's happening in the Fraser Valley and in Mission in particular. Joining me now is Don Campbell. Don, Welcome. Hey, it's great to be here. Thank you for the invite. The Fraser Valley is really an interesting uh, place from a real estate perspective, and it doesn't really get the attention that it deserves, does it? Well, it's, start, it's just starting to show up on the radar, but right now the, the real focus seems to be in the, in the lower mainland, obviously, and right into Vancouver and even Surrey, the densification of Surrey. But as we start to look out towards the Fraser Valley and as we start to look at the world uh, and, and how the world solves housing problems is unfortunately or fortunately, I don't care what your opinion is, it's fortunate or unfortunate, the, the push out has to occur. Mm-hmm. The important thing that I'm finding with the Fraser Valley is that some cities are starting to get it and some cities are starting to resist it. <laughs> and, uh, and isn't, the, isn't that the classic thing though? Oh, always, yeah. it's, it, it, it seems to me that this siloed thinking, and, and we see it in the Vancouver market, you, you know, any solution is nuanced. Mm-hmm. But right now with social media and the hashtags and, uh, you know, people making a point mm-hmm. and making a stand, um, we're not getting to the nuanced solutions. And, and solutions for housing have to be nuanced. It has to be a combination of multiple things. We're seeing now, um, just hosted the, uh, the mayor's 
uh, the Fraser Valley mayors. Mm, and only about a month ago. Yes, for, for uh, the UDI. Yeah. And it was interesting because they didn't know the questions in advance. I, I made sure of that so that I, we could ask them questions that they'd have to think about mm. and actually solve. And, and it's interesting how we heard from every single one of them, from even Mission, densification is the solution. Mm-hmm. And that was the that was seemed to be the mantra: densification, densification. Even um, you know, Abbotsford and Langley actually have approved towers. Well, I grew up out there, mm-hmm. and the tallest tower was where my grandma lived, and it was eight, nine stories tall. And she lived on the a seventh skyscraper. It was, it was, yeah, with this beautiful restaurant on the bottom, which you go there now, and it's maybe not as beautiful. <laughs> and um, but I, I can still remember that that being the tower. Yeah. Uh, densification, densification, densification. Well, that may be, and possibly even in Vancouver, one of the solutions. But you know, <clears throat> I think that when people think about uh, the Fraser Valley and densification, they go, "Well, what are you talking about? That you got so much land, you can't believe it. you can build anywhere." But that is an incorrect perception. Absolute it? misnomer, because the agriculture land reserve really limits. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, uh, as a farmer, yeah. um, it really limits the where you can build the homes. So as the demand curve starts to happen, and mm-hmm. as, the, as the people are pushing out looking for more affordable homes, and people will laugh, oh, it's affordable in Abbotsford, it's affordable in Chilliwack. Well, compared to downtown Vancouver, it is. It's really affordable. Yeah, much, much yeah. more affordable. And, and so w- the Agriculture Land Reserve literally locks in the land in, in agriculture. Mm-hmm. So you're not going to be able to build on it. And as a matter of fact, under the recent ALC changes and rules, it's going to be even more difficult for cities to be able to take land out of there mm-hmm. to build on, even if it's not great ag land. So looks like lots of land. It ain't. And it's not even going to be available to these super mansions any longer. I, I own a couple of farms out there, and, and they're productive, and they're for food. Mm-hmm. But I look, I look I, there's a 13-page memo on the changes in the ALR around, and they said it was about these super mansions. You know, and you see lots of them, and you know, how do you build a, a house that's an acre large on five acres and call it agriculture? I get that, Bart. But the unfortunate thing is with that, th- those changes, they also changed it so you can't have affordable housing for your farm workers. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's next to impossible to do so now. So where do these people have to live? Well, that's a good question. Yeah, where well, do they live? Well, that's it. And, and, and a lot of them are, um, are foreign workers or young mm-hmm. and don't have their driver's license. So they have to live in one of the cities, Mission, Abbotsford, Langley, et cetera, and then ride their bike out to the farm to work it, it you know some or of the getting lot- shuttled back and forth and a lot of times you see those vehicles well, that green. are a little uh, well it's not green is it no. <laughs> that was sarcasm <clears throat> that's yeah. not very green at all and and yes I, I i have to admit that when i look around driving around you see the the shuttles probably need a lot of them need a little bit of maintenance yeah so from a so safety point of view lives at risk yeah but whatever you do don't build a trailer where there's a trailer already that people can live on mm-hmm on a non-ag portion of your property. So it's, once again, um, we go back to that word nuanced. Solutions have to be multi, multi-faceted. Um, mm-hmm. We have to be able to have a conversation. Like you and I, if we don't agree, you and I can have a conversation. But I know I can sit in a situation like this and have four people and oh, let's talk about affordable housing. 
it would take two hours just to define what affordable is. Yes. And to whom? Uh, well, let's the politicians mm. hide behind this word called, we need more affordable housing. Vote for me. I'll bring in more vo- affordable housing. And then they come out and they say, well, they, you, know, what, you know what affordable is? It's $2,100 worth of rent. That was what city of Vancouver has 2035 bucks or something crazy like that. And that's after tax dollars. So in order to just pay your rent, you're probably earning, have to learn it, earn, you can't eat, you can't have lattes or anything, but you'd have to earn at least $3,000 a month. Oh, well, but you then know, your proportion going to living is, is out of whack zero. with the cost of you living. You can't eat. Yeah. So, so when the word affordable is so much different than the reality of affordable and, um, Look around the world. You know, many of us have visited many cities around the world. How have they solved this affordable housing thing? And this, we go back to the Fraser Valley, is through nuanced solutions, mm-hmm. some densification, but more importantly, ease of ways for people to get to every day. So let's go to London, for instance. You get London, London not London, Ontario, London, UK. Yeah. And, and where do people live well they live in small towns and small villages and small uh, and medium size mm-hmm. around on the train lines right and they're so all they connected built, by rail yeah they yeah. built the train lines and then they did the m65 i can't remember the, the, the two ring roads around london to move vehicles as well mm-hmm. it's and that helped it to provide affordable housing it's not just hey here's a here's a bunch of shipping containers um, we're going to build this affordable housing and put in 40 units. Well, that's not, it's not going to move the needle very far. Mm-hmm. Uh, it may politically feel good, but I think that once again, we're back at nuanced solutions. <laughs> okay. We're, we're, we're careening off topic a little we're bit. We're going back to Fraser Valley. <laughs> yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Fraser Valley. How many communities are we talking about? Because they're all different. And oh, very different. Yeah. And the, the needs of, let's say, Maple Ridge are quite different than those of Chilliwack. And does Chilliwack actually fall into the Fraser Valley? Or, like, how do we classify what the Fraser Valley is? And can we look at it as a solid real estate market? Uh, I think what we have to be very clear on is each one of those cities has a different approach to what's coming in the future. Mm-hmm. Each city, and yes, Chilliwack is included. Uh, we're seeing people commuting from Chilliwack into Vancouver. Um, that's a long that's long, a long way. Long way. And thank goodness for the Portman Bridge, because at least it, it's, it, it's allowed people to kind of move a little bit more, and the B-Line bus is full. So once again, transportation. Transportation, transportation. Without it, you've got nothing. Yeah, so you've, yeah. Got, um, you've got Chilliwack. Chilliwack it really, went, really went big and crazy um, a couple of years ago. It, mm. it really set the demand for affordable People in Abbotsford were even going, you know what, it's getting too expensive here. I'm going to move out to Chilliwack. Yes. So now you have a commuter process of Chilliwack to Abbotsford Mm -hmm. on Highway 1. Same Highway 1 that was built, I think, when I was born. 1960s, right? Yep. So you you look at that exact highway and then a massive population growth and no no expansion of it and no extra transportation. Mm -hmm. So... That's going to be a problem. That's already a problem if you do that road. And and just to talk about the Chilliwack real estate market, it's still really quite active, as I understand. It is active, and and it's not as um, out of this world as it was two years ago or even one year ago. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got the the you know the federal federal rules around the 
stress test. The B20, yeah. yeah. And, and what that does, of course, is when we're talking affordable housing, generally it's first-time home buyers, people who um, finally saved up enough to get into the housing market, and then they get smacked upside the head. So it's like, oh, you missed it by a month. I'm so sorry. Right. And so now you've got to save for another three or four Now they're going to have to move to Kamloops. Yeah. In or, you know what I mean? It just keeps put just the the, the un-nuanced levers that all these different governments are pulling. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, well, they're not working in harmony with one another. Oh, my God. They're, they're actually working the against each other. The yes. opposite. Yeah. yeah. Because now what we talk about, let's, let's in Chilliwack and Abbotsford, we have, so the federal government, let me just, uh, there was 330,000 new immigrants that they're bringing into the country. Mm -hmm. And we have 37,000, 37 million people. That's a, that's a pretty big percentage to bring in over the next year. Right. And then again and again. Now, when they come in, generally, not all, um, but generally, our research is showing that they move to cities. Yes. Well, because, A, they don't drive and, you know, let's start with your familiar and et cetera, et cetera. They also rent. Yes. So you're driving the, the, the rents up because of the supply and demand at the same time as disincentivizing, making up words now, disincentivizing the Developers. small landlord. Yeah. Well, yeah. even just the small landlord who wants to own two or three or have a basement suite in their house mm -hmm. because of the rules get to the point where you don't want to have those. You don't want to own them anymore. Yeah. So you're... Bringing in people who are going to demand it, and at the same time disincentivizing, making it next to impossible for people to do. Right. So those are working in in concert. So in Abbotsford. Yeah. So we're moving in yeah, from Chilliwack to Chilliwack. And, and Abbotsford is really growing. Oh yeah, and they have a plan in place. That their OCP, their uh, their community plan, official yeah. community plan, is now set for two. I just wrote it down. Two hundred thousand. So. 200,000 new people. residents. No, no residents, period. Oh, okay. So they're at about, what are they, 130, 140. And um, so they're planning their transportation. They're planning their neighborhoods. They're planning where they can densify and where they can't densify. It's one of the best planned cities, and we study cities across the country, one of mm. the best planned cities of that size mm -hmm. that I've ever seen. And I'm just blessed. I'm lucky to be able to live there now too, right? So, um, but... The plans are in place. You know, they're dealing with the homeless situation. They're doing all these things, but if you densify and don't change the transportation, um, once then again, moves. once again, um, we we get stuck in this world called "What am I doing here?" It, it's yeah. So, so one of the things that that comes to mind when I think about Abbotsford, uh, it's uh, it's relatively affordable. Does that mean that as a police officer and a firefighter and a teacher and a nurse and whatnot, I can afford to live in the community in which I work? Exactly. And does that then make Abbotsford even more attractive? It does. Plus, you've got the the big aviation cluster out there. You know, you've got Cascade and Conair, and you've got the big airplane airport that's revitalized. So that all those jobs. A lot of those people still, though, are choosing to go to Chilliwack or over the Mission Bridge to Mission. Now, right. there's only, what, 36, 37,000 people over there. As a mm -hmm. matter of fact, a little, little trivia, because I knew we were going to talk about Fraser Valley, is yeah. 1985, my very first uh, property I ever bought was on Eider Street in Mission. Mm -hmm. And I drove by it this weekend just to check. And it's still there. Yeah. Still looks okay. Yeah. But uh, back then, it was just pure blind luck. You know, that was a long time ago. Um, but mi missions, missions, 
got the West Coast Express. So, so, so does that make Mission a little bit more attractive? You, you know, when we talked about the Fraser Valley and we had uh, a Mission Mayor Pam Alexis in to yes. talk about, you know, despite the fact that they're kind of off in this, not quite a no man's land because but, as you point out, they got, but yeah. uh, you know, they got passed by when that, when that highway that you were talking about being built in 1960 mm-hmm. went through Abbotsford rather than Mission because Mission was the city up until that it, point. It was and Highway 7 was the thing. And no longer. But, but it isn't now. And and yet, even in mission, and I hate to say even in yeah, mission, yeah, exactly. but uh, despite the fact that, you, you know, you got to go across that bridge and get out through Abbotsford, which can be a little bit challenging. It adds a bit of time a little to bit? your trip. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being kind. Yeah, you're being kind. Yeah. The, uh, the pressure to build is is there. It's mounting. Polygon's got a big uh, development that's going in there. That's correct. Uh, uh, because they recognize that there is this demand for housing and it's driving out into the Fraser Valley. That's right. And the West Coast Express. So the people who work here in downtown Vancouver, uh, our intent, I, because I knew we were going to talk about Fraser Valley, I decided I'm not driving in. I'm going to take the West Coast Express in. It was a fantastic experience. You get on a mission and then you get off an hour, hour and 10 minutes later and you've had your cup of coffee and, and there you are. Mm-hmm. Like no problem. So that is, and they were, it was packed. It was standing room only. So the people are starting to, to understand once again, oh my goodness, wait, really? Transportation is important to finding affordable housing. Mm-hmm. And that's what's happening out there. The rents are slowly starting to go up. Um, you know, they, they, they're going to, they're, over oh, the next 10 years, are going to feel some densification pressurization, which of course, if you can't expand your roads, right, we're back to that again. So as we move in closer and closer to, you know, the, the core of the downtown area, which would be, I, I'm now putting Surrey, yeah, Surrey, Burnaby, of, Richmond, all of that into the core. But as we start to move in, we got Fort Langley, we've got Langley, we've mm. got Coquitlam, um, and, uh, and it, it just keeps growing. Uh, and it gets more and more packed. What is the situation that we're looking at there? Well, we're just seeing that the ALR is limiting the growth mm-hmm. at the same time as the demand is increasing. Now, the demand is softening from the last two crazy years because of all the, the levers that the governments have pulled, right? And well, particularly at the higher end. But it's my understanding, you know, that if we look just a little bit below that, you know, that reasonable priced housing is still pretty darn active it, in it is. virtually every jurisdiction throughout, you know, southwest British Columbia. It is. That's why we, we, we you know, with, with all of our research reports, we don't look at average sale price. You know, it, it's just a number. And uh, it, it, what you want to see is where's the demand of the, the first-time home buyers? Uh, where's the demand for the mover-outers? Mm-hmm. Another new word, just making yeah. it up. And, 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 you know, the rental versus the own. So people are moving out to the valley because they want to own more than they want to pay that 2500 bucks of rent. They'll, they'll pay the 2500 bucks for mortgage instead. Mm-hmm. And, and Fort Langley uh, had a big like a big brand new neighborhood that was that was built just outside of the downtown walking distance into downtown Fort Langley uh, and it just went like that it was beautiful and, and you go down to downtown uh, downtown Fort Langley well it's a strip yeah um, it, it it's got good restaurants it's got good stores it's got a grocery store it's become its own little community well, and i think community is the right word there because it does have a community feel it sure does and and i love going there because it it, it, it has that you can park and do all your stuff and have fun and it feels like a community 
people walking their dogs in the street, et cetera, et cetera. Now, some of these other cities don't have that feel because they're so big and right. so wide. And, um, and Cloverdale kind of has that, not quite the same. It does, yeah, yeah. it does, and, um, but a little farther removed. Yeah. No, no matter what anybody says, that Highway 1 is still a corridor. Yes. And, um, and yeah, the Fraser Highway isn't quite the same thing. Yeah. No. Oh, cool. you're biting what? your tongue there. What highway, you say? <laughs> yeah. You mean the street? Yeah. The street called the Fraser Highway? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, 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 I, I sat with the, um, if you don't mind, I sat with a federal infrastructure minister, uh, and we talked about a number of different things. And uh, he said that they have the money to expand Highway 1. Mm-hmm. But it has to first be thumbs up from the current provincial government. Right. They're not getting that thumbs up for whatever reason. I don't know if it's political or budget or whatever the, the process is. And um, so that... Well, you you that's know as well as I do, right now somebody's going to be yelling at the screen, that's not green. Now, you pointed out there's other things that aren't either. But, that's right. But I think that if we take a look at the realignment and the, and the rebuilding of the Portman Bridge, we can see that having cars moving is a lot better than having them sitting there idling. Well, it's better than having them sit in what became a parking lot every day in Burnaby and burning all that and creating all of that exhaust floating around the city of Burnaby. They're not even Burnaby residents, and mm-hmm. the Burnaby residents have to have to breathe it in. Um, they're, they're, and yes, would it be amazing if they ran the, 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 uh, an LRT down the middle of Highway 1? Yes, it would be amazing. But here's what the process is, is that in order to provide affordable housing, there has to be a multiple different things. You've got to have uh, an ability to build quickly. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, build, build's not the only solution. You know, I'll have that, you know, mm-hmm. please comment below people. And um, it, it's not all about building. It's about cities going, okay, we need to, we need to not give incentive, but we need to put a focus on getting densification, getting things densely built. Mm-hmm. And then we need to build roads that support that densification. And we, then we, what we need to do is if we could bring an LRT down, because LRT is cheaper, not cheap, mm-hmm. nothing's cheap when it comes to transportation, at, in, into these areas like they do in Dublin, like they do, you know, anybody who has the ground-oriented LRTs. Right. And then, and then we need to start saying, okay, how quickly can we get these projects approved? If it takes two years to get a project approved, as a, as a builder, even large or small, it, it kind of is nonsense. You can talk out your hat about affordable housing all you want, but mm-hmm. if you're not allowing anything to be built or developed that let's hey so there's only 75 bananas left in the grocery store the price goes up mm-hmm. because they know the demand is there it's like you're chasing the pain rather than uh preventing it that's exactly right spoken like a true doctor there yeah. it's exactly <laughs> it stop chasing the pain solve the pain and keep with it right um, but we can't keep politicizing this. Well, but we do also have this issue of nimbyism. You get oh people who will move yeah. into an area and go, oh, yes, this is, the, this is what I want. They don't realize that there is a, uh, you know, a tidal wave of people who also want to come into that same mm-hmm. place saying, well, I want to be there too. And does, and, 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 but they go, no, I don't want that because it's going, it affects uh, what I had envisioned when I bought here. Well, it is, a bit, it is a bit human nature to get in and close the gate. Yeah. Whatever it is. Like, oh, okay, I've decided. I have that around some of my farms. I'm going, yeah, you got, I'm, I'm organic. Like, you stop spraying, please. I, you know, even though you moved in after me mm-hmm. and, and it's fully your right, I still get all 
yeah. NIMBY in my world too. Uh, it, we, <laughs> we have to look at society as a whole. Mm-hmm. Do we want a, a society where uh, people are living together and people are, are transporting together and people are working together? And, and is, this, is, is Uber going to be the solution to everything? That everybody tells me about probably not it's going to be more more cars on the road or it, it, we can't keep silo thinking if we're really and truly understand if i'm going to live in a city no matter where i am in a city okay. it's going to get dense okay so that brings up a good point yeah silo thinking how can you not have silo thinking if you have so many independent jurisdictions how do we get those uh, uh, cities and communities and towns and all of them to start to think together as a a cohesive, cohesive unit, unit yeah. to say, we have a geographical challenge that we need to address together. How do we get to that point? Well, that's an interesting thing because you can see that, you know, the Metro Vancouver, when they meet, there's a general consensus that possibly can come up around a certain subject. Maybe. And then maybe. And then, but, but once again, you go to, um, go to the uh, Fraser Valley Regional District meetings. And it's the same thing. It's like, well, that doesn't have any effect on us. We're not going to vote for that. We want the money to be spent towards us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's only until we understand that there is a demographic demand that's coming. You've got 350,000 new immigrants coming into the country. You've got the 24% a of the A year. Po- a year, excuse yeah. me. Yeah, sorry. So a million in three years. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got uh, a 24% of the population are this millennial crew uh, it's same as us baby boomers. I don't want to put you in that pot, but I'm a baby boomer. And, yeah. and uh, 24% of that population is us. Yeah. 24% of the population. That's, that's a giant cohort that right now is struggling with rent, struggling with not all of them, I understand, but from a, from a general cohort, struggling with affordable rent or affordable housing. And, and, and they're going to be loud. Uh, even in the Fraser Valley, uh, that looks, as we pointed out, a misnomer that there's uh, land developable land as far as the eye can see. It's yeah. not true. There are there are islands of developable land. we got to go up, and we got to make sure that we have the transportation. Yeah, and, no question. And there has to be some coordination of plans amongst all of those different mm-hmm. uh, governments that are in the area. And hopefully they're talking to the provincial government and the federal government because they all do things that impact what is going to be a very interesting uh, situation out there. And we didn't even touch on industrial lands. Well, jobs. Yeah, like I know. Rather than, rather than just expanding transportation, move some of the jobs out there where yeah. people can just stay and, and let's open up some <laughs> yeah, commercial industrial. They need that housing out there for that, for too. For that, too. So That's exactly uh, right. It's, it's an interesting market. And, Don, I hope you'll come back because Gladly. I think that uh, we can do, you know, a regular kind of examination of what's going on in the Fraser Valley because if you uh, aren't paying really close attention, mm. you don't hear about this. And, and yet I think it's fundamental to the growth of the region that we pay attention to what's going on in the Fraser Valley. You know, if we look around the world... Um, that's a solution around the world is these pockets of villages. I hate to call, I remember what happened mm-hmm. with during the, um, during the white caps when we were called a village. Oh my God. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I uh, did myself. I know. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't that something that 1986 when the white were taken on the, yeah, new the village York, of Vancouver. The village of Vancouver. Well, nobody says that anymore and they won't yeah. be saying that about anywhere else or, or, or even Fort Langley in yeah. the future. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. It'd be my pleasure. Okay, great. Thank you very much. 
Joining me now is Mayor Pam Alexis, who has real estate on her mind, namely how to respond in an appropriate way to manage growth, transportation, and the needs of her community. Mayor Alexis, welcome. Thank you so much. Congratulations on your victory. Thank you very much. It's uh, 13, 14 weeks now. 14 weeks. And look at what you've gone and done to yourself. You've put yourself in a position where you need to start steering the land use decisions that the city of Mission has to make because the pressures are starting to build. You're starting to feel it uh, and you're having to face issues that up until now nobody even probably even considered. Absolutely. Two or three years ago, Mission was the last bastion of the single-family home with the yard. And up until that point, that's all we really worried about was, you know, whether or not everybody had the same size yard or whatever. Now we must think completely differently. We saw in, in 2016 a 38% increase in housing values. The following year, a further 19%. So a massive shift in house prices. Mm -hmm. Consequently, the affordability factor played a huge role with, okay, where do we go? So the multifamily housing option was the one on the table for us to now consider, mm -hmm. whereas we had never considered in the past. We had to rework our plans, rework all of the um, areas that could sustain multifamily as opposed to single family. We're rolling out tonight the Cedar Valley plan where we're looking at phasing in now that multifamily uh, side of, of housing options because that's what people can afford. So certainly we're seeing the trend with a further 9% increase in 2018 to ho house prices. We are probably the last community in the valley to see such increases because we've enjoyed for such a long time that affordability stretch. Well, even still, I was checking out some prices yesterday before you were coming in here. I'm going, wow, that's a pretty attractive price for a three-bedroom, single-family home still. Still. But that pressure is no doubt building. Absolutely. It is building. And so we are slated to double in another 30 years. So it, my job will be to basically look into the future and say, okay, what's mission gonna look like in 30 years? Because if we don't lay those bones now, mm -hmm. then we're not gonna look very good tomorrow. So my job is to make sure that we are a complete community moving forward, that we have all those housing options moving forward. We still see the market for those that want to live in more rural properties because mission has an abundance of those and those that want to rely on transit and smaller houses. We're seeing uh, a, certainly a trend in the young people that want less responsibility, not really to be you know, tied to the yard on the weekends. They want less of a house. They want to reduce the size of their cars and rely more on transit. So we've got to be prepared for all of it. So what do you have to do to ensure that you are appropriately prepared? prepared. Because up until now, it hasn't really been a consideration. Absolutely. So things like sewer and water become your focus. How are you going to get services? Is it enough when we talk about multifamily as opposed to single family? We talk about transit constantly because we're so underserviced with transit. So we're just in the process of building a bus garage. Our services are tied with Abbotsford and that will expand our services uh, from 2020 spring on. So we'll be able to offer transit as an option. 
we've been late in the game for so many things, but you know, there's an advantage to that in a way. So we can look at the mistakes that the communities around us have made with respect you to mean planning. The learning exactly. So. so we can take that and then apply it, and so uh, make sure that our communities connect, that our um, that walkability and health and all those things are factors, because 70% of Mission commutes every day. 70%. It's the highest right. in the entire valley. My job is to ensure that that number goes down. We can't build community with so many people leaving the community every day. So it's my understanding, uh, Mission, Abbotsford, Chilliwack are home to an awful lot of the people who are actually building so many of the residential towers that are in Burnaby, Richmond, Surrey, Vancouver. Absolutely. <laughs> it would be nice if they had an opportunity to, to put those skills at work in their own community. Uh, so absolutely, we have a large number of tradespeople in our community, probably about 38% of our um, em employees are in the trades. And we will be able to offer closer to home because we have so many um, building applications through the gate, 250% over where we were two years ago, just as an example of how fast we're growing. One uh, more time? 250% over at this time right now where we were two years ago as far as applications building applications so to build exactly so you can imagine what that does to your own department so from going right. from you know say 20 miles an hour to 100 miles an hour so we're also at the same time looking at improving our efficiencies because perhaps mm -hmm. some of those procedures that we've had internally may not work now because we are very, very busy, and so. But well, and this runs into one of the issues that we keep hearing out of Vancouver absolutely. and Surrey. The process of development exactly. takes so long, and we recognize that absolutely, and that's certainly our goal. We have created a team of, of developers that are working with staff to guide us in, in helping improve those timelines. We're not anywhere near Vancouver, but we are, we still struggle with, uh, because of Mission's topography too. Don't forget, Mission is very hilly. Mm -hmm. And so it does take um, engineering and, and all of those intricate things attached to, to development, um, certainly a little bit more time because we're a little bit more tricky. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, and you also butt up against the Agricultural Land Reserve. Yes. And so you, you know, it looks like, oh yeah, you can go anywhere in Mission, but you really can't. So there are 600 acres uh, between Mission and, and Maple Ridge that are part of the ALR. Just above that is the uh, Polygon lands when they're starting to develop. We're just looking now at the first plan uh, as far as how that community is going to be laid out and connected to Mission. Um, we have uh, the down, uh, sorry, the waterfront uh, revitalization that we're undertaking as well right now. So we've got 80 acres in one area that's a single landlord and another 70 with various landlords. So we're looking at revitalizing, revitalizing that piece of land as well because it's vast and will be able to sustain a real mix of industry, light industry, commercial and residential. So there, there there is, there are places to go. Mm -hmm. um, so we feel that with the polygon lands, we'll likely look at another 30,000 people in the next 25 years. And then internally in mission with Cedar, the Cedar Valley plan and other infill properties, we're looking at an additional 10,000. So we're, we're looking at 40,000 people in a fairly short order of time. So, <laughs> which 
amounts to substantial growth. It is substantial. So what's your message to builders uh, as far as uh, do you welcome them? What's the process going to look like? How do you want to work with them? And how do you ensure, because we keep hearing over and over and over again, housing affordability is an issue. And it's one of the reasons that people would look to, to mission. When you start to factor in all of those things, how do you ensure that we can get things built and that we can do it in, in a timely and affordable manner? I have to say that our staff are extremely flexible. Uh, they are there to help you through those issues that you may encounter uh, with respect to topography or with respect to services. We have had a tremendous number of build builders tell us that it's a great experience to come to Mission and to do business in Mission because our staff, we, we're a small group we're very welcoming and very inclusive as a community, and so it's reflected in our staff as well. Certainly the timelines are what we need to improve upon, and we have embarked on this path, bringing the developers to the table and helping us get through those efficiencies. And the other focus of Council will be to improve efficiencies within City Hall. So. We are not alone in this, but I know that we have issues with software, for example, that doesn't necessarily communicate well from department to department, which is a problem. So we are now, we have got a consultant that is going to be basically building a roadmap to our internal communications. At the same time, we're going to be communicating differently and more thoroughly to the greater uh, public. So we've got a lot of plans and yes, we need to be absolutely ready and so all of this is part of it. Welcome seems to be the most common word that you've used here. <laughs> you, <laughs> you're not afraid of this growth, uh, you see it coming. Uh, it's going to change the community, but with eyes wide open. Absolutely eyes wide open and, and we welcome the opportunity. We're also going to undertake uh, uh, going from a district to a city. So we want to be one of the players, absolutely. And I have to tell you, there's, there's a core reason why we need to expand as far as the jobs go. We rely heavily on our residents to um, provide the revenue to run the city. And that that's about 75% of our revenue comes from the residents. And it's probably... It's not an industrial city. No, but it's. I think we've got the second highest um, reliance next to West Vancouver. I think that's what it is. So yes. So we need to change. Comparison. It is. Yeah. But we need to change that. And we need to make sure that um, industry and, and light industry pays their fair share as well so that going forward, we can't always depend on the backs of the taxpayers to provide necessary infrastructure for that growth. So we need to be able to capture that from um, growth in that industry and allied industry sector. Well, it's going to be an exciting time for you. Yes, it is. Very <laughs> hold, excited. Yeah, hold on to your hat because you've got you've got a ride ahead of you. I do. Yeah, thank you for coming You're in and sharing. Most welcome. <laughs> these early uh, visions of what what is probably to come. Thank you. Joining me now is Mission Realtor Clayton Divert, who was selling homes in Kelowna, but determined his hometown of Mission was on the cusp of seeing an upturn in interest and market activity. Clayton, welcome. 
Thank you for having me. So Mission is one of those places that up until really in the last couple of years, people went, Mission, are you kidding? It's like too far off the beaten track. Yet we had, uh, just before you, uh, Mayor Alexis in, and she was saying that in the next 25 to 30 years, the population is going to at least double, if not more, and that that's already starting to put pressure on the market. What's the situation right now from your perspective? Because you're on the ground. You're actually selling homes. What's, what's the mood in Mission? Uh, trying to densify a lot of the older parts of Mission have all these big lots with older, smaller houses on it. And a lot of it has been rezoned for whether it's multifamily for uh, like medium density for townhouses or some of the areas that are considered more the downtown core are rezoned for um, higher density multifamily so or condos. And that's definitely a market that mission needs and is continuing to build to build population and density. So who are you seeing wants to buy then? Is it is it people who are going, hmm, okay, it's been rezoned and uh, there might be an opportunity. Dare I use the word speculate on the future, but <laughs> in a way, uh, the opportunity, it sounds like the opportunity and mission there is you can buy a good house now and you're sitting on a piece of property that when it comes time for redevelopment, may see an even greater increase in value. Yeah, I talk to people almost on a daily basis that uh, that they live currently closer into the city, whether it's Coquitlam or Maple Ridge or Surrey, and they're willing to have have a longer drive to work and live a bit further away to have a cheaper and nicer house. Well, and so what what is the average price right now? So when, when you're looking at, let's say, uh, you know, a detached single family home. Uh, the average price, according to stats, for right now currently is six seventy seven. Six seventy seven. Is yeah. it, are we talking like a three bedroom, two bathroom house? Uh, that's going to be yeah, your single detached house. So it could range from a two bedroom up to a five bedroom house. I was just given the average in, price at six seventy seven. Yeah, that's in the lower mainland market. That's basically a steal. Yeah. And so as a result, are you finding that there's a tremendous amount of uh, fluidity in the in the mission market? There is, despite times being slow in other markets, uh, the days on market count in Mission still remains fairly low in high turnover rate. And uh, as I mean, supply has gone up, but the demand is still there. Um, I checked online and looked at the sort of the the sales and the listing stats, and it said that there had been a little bit of a drop off, like everywhere else in the market. Mm -hmm. But are you telling me that it's rebounding or coming back already in the Mission area? Um, I don't have a crystal ball in front of me or anything, but I mean, from looking at it, I think there's another six months of correction period before it starts to do a steady climb again. I mean, it's it's fairly level right now. And then in the next yeah six months, I think it's going to be a great time to buy to get in before it starts slowly climb again at a healthy rate. Well, just saying that you're going to be encouraging people to say, now might be the time to, to, to act. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, of course, because you're going to look at it from your own self-serving <laughs> purposes because you want to write those deals. Mm -hmm. But you're, 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 you never really saw the bottom drop out of the market. Well, it, the, the bottom line, the dollar did drop. The amount, you know, when things went crazy in 2016 and early 2017, that's when we saw our peak and it slowly tapered off from there. It didn't fluctuate nearly as much as getting into the Vancouver market because it went absolutely crazy up. And then has dipped way down. There's a lot less fluctuation, I guess, if you want to call it the ripple effect from Vancouver. And it just got, it was less 
hit than Vancouver was. So uh, one of the uh, uh, issues that the mayor put forward is that we're going to start to see condo development in Mission. Um, are you getting interest from people around that, uh, you know, multifamily dwelling um, condo uh, buying perspective already? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, I've Whether it's working with buyers or working with people that want to be the ones to buy these big hunks of land and be the developers and put in these townhouse or sorry, condos. Um, it's definitely a market that mission lacks. Um, most of the, or a good chunk of the condo buildings that you see driving through mission are actually age restricted or, and then there's the, uh, there's a couple new ones, newer ones up by heritage park. And then they're building up some more, mm-hmm. but it's definitely, it's definitely a market that lacks in mission right now that I'm actually excited to see go up. Townhouses have already started going up more, more in the area, and uh, but there's still more plots of land being bought all the time to do more and more infill. And what's the average price on a on a townhouse right now in, in Mission? Because you've got those stats right there. In yeah, front of you. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the average price for a townhouse right now is uh, four sixty three. It's four hundred sixty three thousand. And what kind of uh, square footage are we talking about there? Uh, I don't have the exact numbers on average square footage, but I mean, a lot of these townhouses that are going in are in the 1,800 square foot range. So triple the size of what you might get in downtown Vancouver. Absolutely. Wow. So <laughs> from your perspective, Mission's a great place to consider buying property. And uh, do you foresee any kind of hiccups coming your way or no matter what the provincial government is doing uh, as far as ha- uh, taxes are concerned, you you believe that the market is going to stay strong? Uh, with regards to taxes, meaning the speculation tax or just taxes in general? Both. Both. <laughs> yeah. Um, the speculation tax, I don't see being too much of a problem in uh, mission i mean it's only affecting people that have secondary homes that they're not either renting out or living in themselves so um even if there are investors working mission they have rental properties or if they're developing um that's they're not being affected too bad by the speculation tax but taxes themselves they're always a thing but taxes have always gone up and we've always dealt with them we've always managed a way around them and keep on going with the market so what was it about mission that made you say okay i was selling property in Kelowna, which has been a red hot market Mm -hmm. and come to mission is it because you foresee the opportunity that's ahead of us here in the next decade that's definitely a factor of it i mean there's other determining factors to me uh coming back is just being home it's where i was born and raised but uh but definitely it's it's gonna be a hub abbotsford's already seen the prices the prices in abbotsford are quite a bit higher than in mission and it's only you know 15 20 minutes across the bridge north of the river and all of a sudden you're into a whole different market so it's looking uh very very active i would say so yeah well good luck to you thank you very much thanks for coming in and doing this thank you for having me thanks clayton and that wraps up today's show now just before i sign off i want to encourage you to take in a couple of other vancouver sun and province podcasts the first is white towel hosted by paul chapman Paul and a series of guest hosts bring you everything you want to and need to know about our beloved Canucks. And for all you news junkies on things political, especially in Victoria, you'll want to tune in to In the House, hosted by Mike Smith and Rob Shaw. 
Thank you for tuning in on Apple Podcasts, thevancouversun.com and theprovince.com and on the Vancouver Sun's YouTube channel. And be sure to subscribe because, well, I don't want you to miss an episode. As well, I want to acknowledge Arnold Cheng, Greta Gibson and Derek Hader, without whom this show would not be possible. I have the great fortune of working with a great team. I'm Stuart McNish. Thanks for joining us on Housing Matters, the Vancouver Real Estate Show. See you next time. Mm-hmm.